Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Could Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host and wife, Jessica Carter-Ogle. Thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> Hello, everyone. You know what's funny is when he intros the episode, episode, I sit here looking at him with like a goof, like a goofy smiling fool. I've noticed this <laughs> the last couple times. I just sit there looking at him like ready to giggle like a little kid. I don't know what that's about. I don't do that when I intro. And sometimes I just put on this dumb ra- radio voice. Yes. And I can't help myself. It's just for the intro. After yeah. that, I'm fine. I just got to well, get it out of my system. He you know? thinks he's fine. You guys give me some feedback on that. <laughs> Because I'd like to see who's in my corner. Uh, so, welcome everybody. Yes, welcome. Uh, to another edition of If We Can Just Say. I just want to do a quick thank you. We've gotten some more followers yeah. on um, social media this week. And some more people popping out to send us messages and give us some feedback. And it's really great. Like, I really appreciate that. I appreciate those who are listening. There's some people you just wouldn't have thought were listening. And you're like, oh, wow, you're listening? Like, that's so great. Thank you. Like, Please give us more feedback. Be interact with us. Like I love it. Yeah, and some people I haven't heard from in a while, which was actually really yeah. cool this week. Got a couple messages from some people, and I was like, oh man, this is great to hear from this person I haven't heard from in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're new listening, or if you're not new listening, hit that subscribe button. That helps us out with downloads and stuff like that for our analytics and numbers, so we can see who all's listening and all that kind of stuff. What he and, said. And uh, uh, turn on your notifications so you know when a new episode pops up, even though we tell you it's every Tuesday at 6 a.m. But still, you'll get a notification and then you don't have to wonder. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, you don't so want to miss So all of the notifications you can get. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. like, listen, subscribe, share, tell your friends, have a listening party, do what you do. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, what do we got in the new stuff this week? What do we do? What happened that was so new? Well, as everyone knows, because I already did post a picture, I painted my beautiful door. Yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. Like, I just want, like, you know you're an adult. You know you're a homeowner when you want to, like, sit on your front lawn in a chair with a cup of coffee, gazing at your freshly blue door for just, like, a few hours or days or something. Like, I just. <laughs> that was only her. I, I, I was inside. I didn't sit outside on the front lawn for I hours didn't or days. Sit on the front lawn either. But I just was like, ah, oh. you know, it hits different when you do it. Like, you can. You can have contractors come in. They can do all kinds of stuff, and that's great. There's certain things I would never even attempt, but these smaller things like painting a door, when I pulled up the carpet, and when I, you know, did our whitewashed our fireplace, and all the kind of stuff that I've done in here, it just hits different. And yeah. you've got like a pride for it. Like it's not perfect. The edges on the door, I would never like. If I paid someone to do it, I'd be like, "Excuse me, you're going to come back and clean this up." But for me, I'm like, "Good job, girl. Hell yeah." Yeah, yeah. you know, and. And for me, I can compare that to something we'll get to in our story today about getting a car. Like my my very first car, my very first truck, I, I paid my dad for the truck. Like, and that meant more to me. Yeah. Like, then if they had given me the truck, I don't think I would have appreciated it as much. But I was Speaking like, as someone hey, man, who was given a car, I did appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, hey, man, like, you know, friends rode my truck. I was like, hey, man, you know, get your feet off the dash. Yeah. Oh, this for is, sure. This is my truck, man. For like, sure. You, you know, have. I think something that is sorely missing in the entitled society that we live in um, with a lot of the youths is pride. Yeah. Pride in oneself, pride in your accomplishments, um, consequences, knowing that if you don't do something, you don't get something. Yep. You know, and I feel like when you do something, when you buy the paint and the brushes and you prep the door and you paint it and you see 
it. It's yeah. not a huge thing, but it's huge to me. It makes me, f- I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of that door. And and you get that first moment of you put that first coat of paint on and you're like, oh no, did I choose the right paint? I don't know. Well, there, that was a weird thing. Like yeah. for some reason, the paint looked like it had a bunch of air bubbles in it. On yeah. the fir- And I'm like, crap, I didn't stir it enough. I'm a very fast task person. I move very quickly. <laughs> Steven told me to sand the whole door. I didn't sand the whole door. I sanded a couple spots that needed sanding. So then he's standing next to me like, my dad was a painter, and here's my lecture for about how you didn't do this. And I was ready to throw the paintbrush at him. And then second coat, it was perfectly fine, and it came out wonderful, and there's no issues. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of these days uh, on the podcast when we start uh, telling some older stories, um, I'll, I'll tell the story about how I learned how to uh, sand and paint doors with my dad. Like, it was a, a couple of Saturday mornings that we did for a, a, a job that he had already done on his job, and we uh, sanded and painted doors. And it, I had no idea the type of process that goes into that, and it's pretty detailed, and there's reasons for sanding the door because that gives the paint a place to latch onto Do you guys- for that first layer. Then that second layer goes over all of that as a smooth layer. Do you guys know that like he's got all this intel, but like he didn't ask to help. He didn't volunteer to do the Wasn't door. Wasn't my project. He didn't, yeah, no. <laughs> he doesn't have projects. What are your projects? My project is this. This is my project. Um, I'm sitting here, bro. (laughs) Like, what do you mean this is your project? Who does all the social media? Who does all the editing? Who does all the getting all the hosting? Like some ginger bearded nerd. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh So, yeah. Um, Your parents? Yes. Speaking of uh, parents? Yesterday or Friday was my parents' 44th wedding anniversary. So, happy anniversary to them. Yes. They... um, went out to dinner early early bird dinner as they do and uh they're going camping next weekend i think for their last camping trip of the season last shadow cruise of the season if i'm not mistaken yeah so yeah 44 years man that's like crazy to me monogamy in general is like what yeah like there's i don't think that's probably right it's it's a weird it's a a weird thing there's a there's a large section of people that would agree with you i feel like that was just like you know Back in a time when there weren't that many people and then, you know, like just religion and Christianity trying to overtake everything. And now it's like everybody has to be like paired. But it's like I just think there's so many people in the world. We're constantly growing and changing. The fact that we are that we are societally sanctioned to spend our lives with one other person. Mind boggling. I think monogamy is the craziest shoot I've ever seen. I, I can. I, I was going to say a different word, but I can say um, that I I couldn't imagine trying to be with multiple people. I would just I would. Oh, I who have has the, the energy? When I was young and dating around and different guy every weekend, dating this that, couple different dates a week or whatever, I was tired. Even then, I didn't have the time for that. When I was young, I was like, no. oh, just one person. I'm good. I don't I don't need seven people. Well, I wasn't I like constantly dating them. Ooh. I was just going on a couple dates with them, seeing if I liked it, and then like, thank you next. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I do I do think monogamy, monogamy is like the craziest concept. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing it. Like, I don't think that this is any like foresh- foreshadowing or any <laughs> like, we're not getting divorced. I'm doing it. I love him. I love, you know, I love having that one person to fully count on. Yep. Like 100%. Like that solid rock in your little bubble of your little life. Yep. You've got that person in good or bad, at your best, at your worst. So I see the benefit 
of monogamy as well. But just like overall looking at the amount of people in the world, it also just blows my mind. So it's, a, it, I think it's a very paradoxical thing. Yeah. I mean, and there's also this, this concept of, of having a person for a time, you know, there's people yeah. that, that, you know, uh, I've, I've known people that were in their twenties, they get married and literally within two years, one of them passes away. And it's a weird, it's a well, weird sort of thing where they look at it yeah. as, as like a season. And then like a couple of years later, they find somebody else. And it's like, that's, that happens to so, some people. That, and that's different, you know, losing somebody. I was with somebody for almost 10 years out of, out of my life, which at that point, uh, when I got divorced, I was 36. So, I mean, like 10 years of my life. Think about that. That's I, a third of my life that I spent with somebody. And then it, 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 it ended. You I know? didn't have any long-term relationships in my 20s. And I would say... Until I was maybe early to mid 30s, I don't think I would have ever married anyone before early to mid 30s because I wasn't, I have always known who I am, but I was always still growing as a person and learning. And I think right now I'm at a, this is who I am point. Yeah. And until I get to that point, I don't see how I could be with somebody else. Like you, there's a difference between growing into yourself and then growing after that. As I'm growing into myself, I, I could date, I could be in short relationships, I could, you know, try whatever, but until I grew into myself, I don't see how I could share my life with someone. Now I'm growing in other ways, but not, but I know who I am. You know, um, if that makes sense. Going back in time further, when people got married at younger ages, they didn't live past 40 yeah. or even 50 years old. So getting married younger didn't matter as much like because like you didn't know if you were going to live longer. So you started a family yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But now people live longer. So one would think that marriage would actually extend out into being something that starts in your 30s. Well, they also didn't have the doesn't. opportunities. There weren't, yeah. weren't as many opportunities in the world you know, things to do, places to go and just yeah. experiences to have. Yep. So it's definitely a different world. Yeah. Speaking so, of a different world. Uh, now got, that you're old. Now that I'm older um, and because my father uh, passed away from uh, uh, stomach and colon cancer, uh, I got my first uh, uh, colonoscopy this past week. Well, yeah. Whew, what a time. Let me For tell both you. of us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I wasn't really, I wasn't nervous about getting the colonoscopy at 42. That doesn't bother me. But what, what I was concerned about was what they were going to find or not find. Like that, that was my, my mental, you know, mind, whatever you want to call well, it. Well, first of all, Stephen is not good when sick or when having a procedure or anything from going to the doctor for his wrist to the vasectomy to the colonoscopy. Yeah. So right then in there, there's just like the umbrella of, oh, this is going to be rough on both of us kind of a situation. Yeah. And then on top of it for the colonoscopy, you had more personal reasons. Yeah. Cause I've, you know, I was, I was nervous about what was going to happen when I woke up and they were like, well, uh, you know, I, cause I didn't know. You know, um, and with your dad's history, and that's scary. I mean, your dad was yeah. how old when they found cancer? He was fifty-four, I think. So and they gave you him know, they gave him just under three years, and he lived just under three years. Because you know? I believe what is it? Forty-five is when they normally do the colonoscopy if you don't have familial history. Uh, something like that. I don't remember. And it so, used to be like you don't get it until you're fifty or something. Yeah, like I don't that. know, but I know that they if they do it and it's good. Usually they don't need to see you for 10 years, but yeah. they did yours and everything was wonderful. Thank you. Like so grateful. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, everything's cool. But you have to go every five years because of your dad. Yeah. And man, I tell you what, that in, the, the anesthesia messed me up for like the whole week. I couldn't sleep. I was I was absolutely awful sleeping for several days worth of just awful. Y'all, like, him coming out of the anesthesia, woo. hilarious. I've never seen a man fist bump more doctors and nurses <laughs> in my life. First of all, Stephen can't wake up, period, no, just I'm from bad. normal slumber. So when they wheeled him in, I was like, he's still completely out of it. And they're talking to him, and he's mumbling, and I'm like, the, he's still completely out. Like, I know he is. And then I hear, like, this is so great. You got, Can I I get to take some of this home, right? Some of this prescription? Because <laughs> this is the best sleep I've ever had. And then he's looking at me. Oh, seeing your face is just wonderful. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Then the nurse comes in and like changes his pillow and he's like, oh, thank you, man. And he fist bumps him. And I'm like, oh my God, he's fist bumping everybody. <laughs> it was hilarious. And he just kept asking everyone if he could get a prescription to take home because it's the best sleep he's ever had. I don't even remember the doctor coming in afterward. I have no memory of it at all whatsoever. No, no yeah, clue. Yeah, he did come in. You, you fist bumped him and you grabbed his wrist. And so he kind of like had to pet your hand a little bit to like and you were like thank you thank you thank you so it was hilarious yeah he was cool he was a good dude yeah but uh yeah um you know uh I don't know. She just gave me a signal for something. <laughs> I don't know something. what it's for. You wanted to talk about your fresh oxygen. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, oxygen. I had no idea that pumping fresh oxygen into you could be like so relaxing. Writing O2 down was confusing for him. I should have wrote the word oxygen. I literally thought it said Oz. And I was like, why is it saying oh. Oz? Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, getting the O2, man, that was that was crazy. Because like, I've, I've been told like if you go to a casino, like they pump fresh oxygen into the vents to keep everybody lively and awake so that you don't even know what time it is and all that kind of stuff, which True is, story. which is, which is a thing. But like, I've never been on oxygen before. And I got to tell you, man, that was great. Yeah, it's cool. I did. Well, I'm sure the medical grade is like even better, but I did an oxygen bar in Vegas once, which was like really cool. And I was drinking and that alcohol went right to my head. Yeah. I'm and sure. then I did after we did that float, I did um, oxygen. Because I have a picture of myself in my camera roll, and every time I swirl past it, I'm like, when was I in the hospital with a tube in my face? But it's just the oxygen thing at the <laughs> at the float center. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, cool. So, yeah. So, thankfully, everything is good there. Yep. We, you know, clean bill of health on everything. Yeah. So, he's... Yep. Go back in five years. So it's, We'll be it's here for a long time to talk at you, everyone. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, or yeah. I like it or not. Speaking of uh, being here a long time, so we've been doing this for a while, and Sophia has been the uh, the the catalyst for noise most of the time in our podcast and, and distraction. Somebody has zero patience for none. it. Somebody I else can none. just completely tune it out and go on with their life. I don't know who that person is, but, um, but I tell you what, we figured it out. We have finally figured it we? out. Sure did. Yeah. So I think p- we is loosely used. Part of it was that I wanted a couch down here because I felt like a couch would be a good spot for her to lay on while she's with you on the podcast. I I'm that pretty would be sure cool. that's a lie. I'm pretty sure it was me. I am aghast over here. You got my jaw dropped. He's lying. I said it. I don't remember. I don't remember who said. I said what, we but, need yeah. a couch so she can lay next to me. Yep, and she's doing that right now. She's got a Kong and she's just chilling. We used man. to give her a really big bully stick. So Nature Naws are these bully sticks. I would always get on the Target website, and I would give them to her. 
And she would be gnawing on this thing for the majority of the podcast. And she would be okay. And then she'd start to get a little whiny. We've had to toss her outside a couple times. Yes, unfortunately. But she's fine. And um, so Target stopped selling them. And I found them on Amazon. But I'm going to tell you, and it's the same brand, but it's like a little different flavor. They don't hit the same because they don't take as much time for her to eat. Oh, And I'm like, shoot, what am I going to do? So I started to do a Kong, a little peanut butter, a few training treats in there, really rub that peanut butter into the sides of the Kong. And she's just laying here on her little Avengers fleece blanket eating a Kong. Yep. She's been doing so much better. She's been doing good, period. Like she... Went through a phase where she wasn't really eating, and I will honestly say we we went through a phase where we weren't taking her for enough strolls. Yeah, and she did gain a few pounds, and we went to the vet when we got back from Tennessee, and they were like, "She needs to lose a few pounds." Literally, um, literally like three pounds, four uh, pounds, something like that. About probably about six pounds. Hmm. But um, so I was like, "We need to be better about this." Not that we didn't play with her or take her, but it just wasn't as consistent. And I remember seeing a Facebook video where a person posted about their dog and they were like i know it's just one of those things but it was like whenever i don't feel like doing it or i don't feel like taking them i remember like going on a stroll is like their best part of the day yeah and so i have been making a very conscious effort (laughs) to take her and since we got back like since september 27th she has had one if not two walks like every day She's been eating better and on a better eating schedule, I think, with more exercise. I mean, I will say Stephen does play with her a lot. When I leave for work in the morning, they spend a little yeah. time in their family room, playroom. But I think oh, we've gotten I, her on a good routine. She, she takes her more for walks. I definitely play with her and, and roughhouse and all that kind of stuff and get the energy out of her that way and with with uh, toys and stuff like that and yeah. tug of war and all that kind of stuff. And I play with her for a good 20 minutes most I of the think time. She's, so. I think she's doing good. She shouldn't have to go back to the vet till March, you know, as long as nothing happens yep. for her, like, exam. So I'm hoping then she's – I mean, she's a stocky broad. So sometimes it's hard to tell. And I can still fit her harness on her without adjusting it, though I did notice when we went to Tennessee that it was a little snug on her. Yeah. But I think she's good now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, and then she also runs around the yard a lot. Like yeah, when we does. do things, uh, obviously, uh, when I pull out a chainsaw, we put her inside. Ah, uh, yes. But the last uh, chainsaw of the year has occurred, everyone. Yep. Cut wah, up, wah. cut up the last of the big, big wood and, uh, actually used most of it, um, yeah. for, for a fire that we had. It was a pretty good fire the other night. I was pretty proud of it. Yeah, we did. We did our, our, like, like I would say round one end of the summer yard cleanup. Yeah. Like we still have our Adirondack chairs and our fire pit out. Yeah. We keep our grill out, but I put away like my, like I have a metal like flamingo thing that spins and a, a, what's hammock. a peacock, a, a hammock. hammock and... We have an umbrella. We put away all that stuff. I pulled any of my plants, like my flowers out, put the pots away. We did all that kind of stuff. And I think, and we cut up the rest of the wood. And I yeah. think the next phase will be like, Everything gets put away and like one more lawn cutting once most of the leaves have fallen to kind of mulch the leaves and yep and that'll be it then it's winter yeah and that'll be that'll be sometime probably either the end of this month or beginning of next month I'll he, get that last, he was last like oh we might be able to have a fire in the winter and if anyone knows my husband he is such a baby with cold there is no way that's gonna happen <laughs> I like to leave the grill out because I'm like maybe just maybe we'll grill something in the winter 
but yeah. I don't know. Speaking of grilling, uh, we did not grill, but we went to the bar yesterday for the Tennessee-Alabama we game. Did. What a game that was. I, oh, my goodness. This is the first time I've ever like gone and purposely watched a game or watched any kind of sporting event with Steven. He is not. I, I missed his tenure in life of a giant football fan so this yeah. was like the first time like he wore his tennessee t-shirt uh, i got a picture of it um it's the first time tennessee had been five and oh going into uh, a game like this since 1998 go balls yeah they had never been six and oh since 1998 so this was a big game uh alabama's ranked number three tennessee ranked number six and uh Tennessee had the home field. And let me tell you, that stadium had to be loud because Alabama had more penalties than they've ever had in, in, in any like other an game this season. Up in there. Oh, man. It was, there was a tiny was little great. pocket of Bama fans. Yep. But, man, what a, what a great atmosphere. Neither team had the ability to do very much defense, I'll be honest, because the final score was 52 to 49. If that tells you anything about a defensive game, it was a high scoring game. Uh, but man, there was just a couple times where Tennessee's quarterback and main receiver, they just hooked up in two plays, 70 yards, touchdown. And you're like, whoa, like I thought they were going to be out. Of, like they were ahead of the game. And then at some at a certain point they got behind and it's like, oh, well, this is bad. Alabama's that type of team that when they get ahead, like game's probably over. And Tennessee got on the field and in two plays scored a touchdown in 70 yards and was like, Maybe they're not out of this, and then like they'd get on, their defense get on the field and give up points, and I'm like, ah, like it was a good game. And most but, of that was in the second half, yeah. Yeah, and it so, literally came down to the wire yeah. field goal. You know, a 50 yard field goal kick with three seconds on the clock. Like that's a like a tie game. You're winning or you're going to overtime. And we we watched the it. first half at Herman's in um, Old Village in Plymouth, and. We ate burgers and like we even ordered dessert because we were there and we had a few beers and like I like basically rolled home. (laughs) And so when we got home, I took her for a second stroll of the day. And by the time I got back, he was like all in a huff about I was like, what has happened? Like, I don't even understand. And we know I'm not a football person. Like I just, I, I don't <laughs> mind going. I have spent, ask my friend Kim, I have spent many a Saturday afternoon in my life of football season sitting at the bar with her while she watches football and I just like chill. Yeah. But like Stephanie tried to teach me about football once we sat in the <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings watching football and she drew some stuff out on a napkin you know bless her heart and she texted me yesterday and she's like try to remember everything that i showed you on that napkin and i was just like oh my god you're hilarious run run splat run run splat that is football yeah and chuck was like so i hear there's a big vols game going on today and i'm like yeah yep we were the people that had to ask to have the game put on the tv and then people came in after and tried to ask to shut it off and they're like no they're watching that yeah so i made sure that i looked at the tv the whole time so it seemed like two people were watching and like i had my tennessee shirt on so at a certain point like in the first quarter like i took off my hoodie so that you know it's visible that i'm wearing orange and white like i'm a tennessee fan watching the tennessee game but it was funny because the, the people that did that at the bar, they had three other TVs in front yeah, of them. Yeah, they were fine. They don't need the smallest fine. TV they in front like of them to be saying They were like six dudes sitting at the bar. Like, go to one of your houses. One of you guys have to be old enough to have something more than a bedroom. But the TV they gave us, not that I'm complaining about the size of the TV, but to put it in perspective, the size of the TV was probably a 22-inch TV while they t- they had two 50-inchers yeah. in front of them to watch. They did move us to probably like a 32. Yeah, they like right before that, yeah. halftime. 
Um, but that was but yeah, fun. We haven't done that game. in a while. I actually had an unexpected shopping extravaganza with my gal yesterday <laughs> morning, too. She wanted to get these storage containers to redo a closet. And so we went out to Target to try to find them. They didn't have them. And then I was like, well, why don't we go to TJ Maxx, too? Let me tell you. A couple weekends ago, I was like, yeah, you know, I've, you know, we're doing good. Like, I want to go out shopping with my mom. We're going to get some stuff. And my mom and I went that Friday night. I think I've talked about it. And we found nothing. Absolutely nothing. I think I bought sofa, a couple things, nothing. We go out yesterday unexpected, not trying to find anything. And it was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I want everything. Everything is great. I've been wanting a f- some new cardigans. I finally found some. It was great. So we did that and that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Sorry, guys. I sounded distracted. He was sending me a note. He was showing me like, we've got these dry erase boards <laughs> and we can make notes to each other. But when you hold up the note, not high enough, and all I can see is the back of your monitor, it's very tricky. for. There we go. It's yeah. very tricky for me to see what you're doing. And then I'm distracted. So yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. So we yeah. had, we did that yesterday and that was a lot of fun. We didn't get what she needed, but let me tell you, we got a million more things. My favorite thing to hear from my wife when I come when she comes home <laughs> is there's gonna be several bags just so you're aware I'm like you went out with your mother really I, there's gonna is, be a hundred bags it's there's gonna be a few bags don't say anything but that's not the uh, that's not the craziest thing I've heard this week I heard something crazier this week in a conversation we were talking about Darius Rucker oh. of which my wife said what did it, what is it exactly that you said about Darius Rucker? So obviously we've talked about this and him a few times because he played a couple Hootie songs. The first Hootie song when we went to see him was Hold Her Hand. No. Let, let her, her cry, cry. Let her cry. And I said, like, I don't get excited about a lot of things. I'm pretty like even keeled unless I'm like mad. And like I didn't know as like an adult person that I would be as excited for something again in my life as I was when he started playing Let Her Cry. And I said to myself, well, as your husband, that's a wonderful thing to hear. He didn't say it to himself. He said it to me. (laughs) And I was laughing. I was like, I guess that's true. I mean, I was excited on our wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wedding day and Darius Rucker playing Hootie. That's pretty much all I need. That's that's what does it for me. Well, there you go. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. So speaking of excited, a year ago, Ah, getting into our story, um, a year ago, uh, I traded in my second WRX and got my third, the metallic gray or magnetic gray metallic 2021 WRX. I don't recall why I had to be a part of that in hindsight. Um, I don't remember. I mean, where, what city is that dealership in? Uh, it's technically in commerce. Commerce. So I work in Ann Arbor, which is the other side of the world from commerce. Yeah. And he went on a weekday. So I worked a full day and then I had a happy hour with my work people. And then I had to drive to Commerce to sit in a car dealership for the rest of the night. Yeah. And I don't remember why I had to go. Uh, you went because, uh, you know, when it comes to finances, we do financial yeah. things together. No, and, it's true. Uh, you know, this is a big purchase. And I, think, and I wasn't sure that I was going to get anything. And you wanted me to look at the cross track. Yeah. Because we test drove a cross track like for you. It was ugly. It had yeah. like gold stuff on it. It was stupid looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got the, got the, uh, magnetic gray man. Well, the the good thing about it was we were not in a have to, we were in a, if you can give us the deal that we're looking for and we aren't, and I said, 
I'm sorry, these cars, these WRXs, these manual, these sport, they're too freaking expensive. It's too, this car is too expensive. And what you were paying before was like my cap on what I would ever pay for a car, period. And so I was like, if they can keep us in the ballpark and in the ballpark, I mean, within like $20, yeah, then I'll think about it because, you know, it's a newer car. So $20 extra a month is worth it for resale value when you've got a newer car. Yeah. And they gave me, man, they gave me, I had just over, I think I had uh, 40, 40,700 miles on it. Um, and I had had it for four years and they gave me 13,000 on the trade-in. If you guys that can hear that, we're, we're currently being protected above. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, she's protecting my WRX. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, and I this new one uh, I got for, uh, had 23 miles on it. Somebody had custom ordered it. Oh, that was the cool part. And we did their get financing extras. fell through. So, if yeah. you're listening to this podcast and your financing fell through on your WRX, I'm really sorry that happened to you, but I've had a great time with it for a year. It's been fantastic. We got what? We got a roof rack. Yep. From that, we got an extra upgraded speaker system. Yep. Um, and then something about the, the con- tire package. Tire package. The console has a lift in it. The yep. middle console for ease, more ease, setting your arm on it and changing yep. the gears. Yeah. It's got two tiers of height for the middle console. Yeah, which is lordy, cool. lordy. Um, let's see what it else. is. A oh, nice car. It came with the new interface to play Apple Music. Uh, CarPlay. Or, or CarPlay on it. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, which was cool. So we did get that extra stuff and it ended up being about $20 more, but then our sh- insurance dropped yeah. a bit. Which I was like, wow, we actually came out on top with this. Yeah. Which is shocking. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, I'm like, we did better than breaking even, but I was just tired. Yeah. And a year of having it, I've put, uh, 30... 13.5 miles. No. <laughs> I put 3,500 on it, I think in one year, which is drastically less because I work from home a lot. Um, but I, I mean, I, I love the WRX. I love the way it sounds in the cold. We went to go drive yesterday to the to the bar, and I was like, man, I just love the way it sounds when it's I a little chilly out. I want to toss Soph in the back and take a ride down Heinz because yep. the colors are looking so good. I wish we could do that today. They look so good right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... But getting a car right before the pandemic, me, getting a car during the pandemic, him, it's like mile, like we have miles for days, miles for miles. Miles for I miles. I guess. Like we, like we've talked about my car before. It's only got 17, maybe 17 plus, And I've had it for, it'll be three years in December. Yeah. And I've driven to Tennessee twice this year. We're going to be driving to Tennessee thrice come December. Yeah. And I don't, we've driven up north. We drove to Mackinac. Like we've driven all over with it. And it's nice. The hybrid work model is nice even just for that because my car is a lease and I can do all of that. I can put all that on there. And it's not like it's in addition to tons of weekday miles. Yeah. It's like I work in the office, which is very close to where we live, three days a week. So it's like you can have a better balance even with that. Like every aspect of your life with a hybrid model or a remote model can really get better, can really improve. So that's cool, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's less wear and tear on your vehicle, um, which I think, is good for both of us, especially mine, considering I'm not leasing. I'm buying. I'm purchasing my car, which goes back to what we started with of talking about having pride in what you're paying for. Yeah. You know, um, he has so much pride that. Exactly one year ago today, we did stop off at a little alcove on Heinz Drive and do a little photo shoot of him with his car. Yeah. I, and then I took and made a collage of my three cars 
Um, and maybe we'll throw that up in one of our posts this week. Um, or if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can look at my previous profile photos because I threw that up yeah. there. Because, um, man, I've just I've had three really good cars. I love the WRX. It's a smooth ride. I like a manual. That's me. Um, I've driven yeah. plenty of automatics. But when it comes to, uh, man, when you're driving high speeds and you're driving in traffic and you're on the interstate and stuff like that, which around the area we live in, there's a lot of interstates and a lot for that. Um, I just feel more comfortable having a manual because I don't like the fact of having to rely on anti-lock brakes and that's all. Uh, with an automatic, that's no fun. You get a semi-truck that cuts you off or somebody slams their brakes in front of you. If you've got a manual, you can downshift quick enough and you can slow your engine down and slow down faster. Whereas if you're in an automatic, you slam on the brakes and hope you don't go through the windshield. Like that's To me, that's just I, I feel safer in a manual when I'm driving. That's just me. Well, I still don't know how to drive it yet, so we're yeah. going to have to work on that still. Yep, got to work on that. That's the thing. But And, um, and also, and they're fantastic in the winter. All-wheel drive, love it. They're yeah. fantastic in the snow. Oh, they're so much fun. Slide around a little bit. Oh, it's good times. Last year around this time, too, we were at our second Kitmore show. Yep, at the Fillmore. At the Fillmore. That's the one where you wanted to buy a T-shirt and didn't know what to do with it, so I had to wear it for you. <laughs> and this is the show that you wanted to get the hat and I didn't get the hat. And, you, and I told you I would have worn it for you. And you were like, I didn't think you would. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you ask me? I'm your wife. Like, you say every other dumb thing to me that I don't want to hear. But <laughs> I, you don't ask me that valid question. I already had a hat on, so I didn't buy a hat. Yeah. But that was fun. That was good. I think that kind of cemented our Kitmore thing and ended up us going to Pittsburgh. And yeah. I think we're being invaded. I don't know if you guys can hear that. but Yeah. Whew, boy, she's having I a have time. a couple theories on what dog it is or possibly a package has been delivered. Yes, and she's coming up on her second birthday with us, which is fantastic. No, this is going to be her third birthday. It'll be her third birthday, but the second with us. Her se- Yeah. Because she was a year old when wow, we got her. Wow, make that be confusing. <laughs> she was a year old when we got her, so two-year anniversary of us having her is coming up. Yes, so November of last year, we celebrated her second birthday. November 8th is when yep. the birthday we gave her, because that's the day we brought her home. And then her quote-unquote, as they call it, gotcha day, I guess, would be November 22nd. She shares that with my mom's birthday. But, yeah, she turned two. We got her a dog bakery cake and put, like, a little hat on her and stuff. I'll post a picture (laughs) of that in my pit collage. So, you know, she'll be three this year, which is just crazy to me. I mean, that's just so crazy. That means we've had – we'll have had her for two years. And that, to me, is crazy how time goes by. Like – Abby and Sadie, my parents' pups. I'm going to post a picture of them, too, because they're the best. They oh, man, they're so cute. are going to be 12 in March, 12 years old. I cannot even, that doesn't even ring true to me. Like, yeah. on the one hand, I feel like they've always been in my life forever. And on the other hand, I feel like there's no way it's been 12 years. Yeah. Even just with Soph, like two years, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that means she's three. Like, you spiral like dogs don't live as long as people do. And what does that mean for how much time we have left with her? And before we know it, she's going to be 12 because before I knew it, Abby and Sadie are 12. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like just, man, I think animals help you appreciate too that. Like every moment because everything is so exciting for them. Everything is such a big deal for them. You walking through the door is such a big deal for them that it helps you kind of like stop and think about like what's important. Yeah. And and they're so full of life, man. Oh like, my gosh, almost if, too full. <laughs> like if you, it, it, man, I, I'll say this: um, it, there's no such thing as a bad dog. It's a bad human because dogs are literally the most loyal thing on the planet. They will love you to the end of the earth. 
you could abuse them every day for 40 days straight. And on day 41, they're still going to look at you when you come in the room and go, man, are you, are you just going to love me today? That's how dogs are. They have a loyalty. And I'm not saying that you should abuse a dog because if you should, if you do abuse a dog, I have other things to say for you that I won't say on this podcast because I don't, I, I, I have no tolerance for people that are going to abuse I dogs. I think the penalties for animal abuse should be the same as they are for human. I think it should be that whatever you do to the dog should be done to you, well, but that's me. An eye for an eye. Yeah. Um, but, I'll, but I'll say this, like dogs just, if you love them, they will love you back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Unconditionally. And Sophie's just the sweetest. She's yep. so sweet. She's so cute. Like, but she is protective. Like when my friend Anna was in the last weekend, you know, she barked at her a bit. She would bark and she'd get skittish. She'd like run away and she'd bark. And she's got a bark and she's a little pity. And I know the stereotypes and I can see how you'd be. But you know, dog people are a different breed, no pun intended, because yep. as she's barking at her and Anna's like, well, let me just sit down here and let her smell me and let her like, she knows how dogs are. And yep. by the end of that night, Soph jumped on her lap in the Adirondack chair. I posted that picture last week. So, yeah, you know, the dogs have different barks. They have a bark that is a very aggressive, get, get out of here. You don't belong. And they have a bark of what are you doing over here? Yeah. I don't, I don't recognize your smell. And like there's a curious and bark and then there's an aggressive like bark. Like people can be unpredictable and dogs are more reactive and anything can happen. And that's why I don't let people that I don't know pet my dog when she's on a walk. And it's just, it's not yep. worth it to me. Yep. But yeah, so her, that's her second birthday. And then next month you'll see pictures of her third birthday. Um, what else happened? Our story is winding down, y'all. We've only got a couple story episodes left. So we've just got a couple random things. Yep. Um. I would say one fun thing that happened last year after our reception, if you guys remember us talking about Esteban. Yep, which we posted on our Instagram story that he did a pop-up recently as well. Yes, so, we did. You, yep. Um, I'd like to make it to the next one. But speaking of, there's a brewery um, in Detroit called Brewery Faison. Yep. It's kind of an industrial area. And Esteban has done a few pop-ups there. And so after our reception probably about a month after because it was about october november month and a half after we went there and yep. just kind of surprised him and i'm like one of those people that never thinks anyone's going to remember me like i literally <laughs> felt like i would walk into the brewery and esteban would look past me like and not know who i am not know that i'm the person that found him from years prior and then had him cater the first wedding he's ever done i was the bride and that he wouldn't remember me <laughs> but as soon as we walked in me and steven he was like oh my god and he came over and he's talking to us and he's like how is mom and dad and i was like actually they're meeting us my mom dad and brother came as well and they came in and so we like ate his food and we like hung out at the brewery and it was just so fun and he i overheard him like telling people like that's the wedding i did like that's the first wedding i yeah. ever did and it was just really cool to do that and to catch up with him and to support him, you know, yeah. and the pop-ups. And that's the only one we were able to go to. There was another one we wanted to go to, but we weren't able to. Yeah. And then he did one while we were in Tennessee. Yeah. So, so. I'm hoping that we can go to his next one. So Esteban, if you're out there, please remember to let us know. If we don't see it, tag us on if we can just say, and then all of our followers as well will yeah. see that you're having that pop-up and maybe we'll get some more people to come down and eat your delicious food because I know I want some. Mm. Let me know what you would charge for just like a tray of shrimp and a tray of guac because... <laughs> 
I would really enjoy that. I'd love to have some more of that guac. I know. Oh, can my we gosh. order trays from you? Just yeah. let me know. Hit me up. Leave a comment. <laughs> yeah. There, can we can we get some uh, special orders? Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. So, so, but that was fun. Those are just like a couple things. Um, and Brewery Faison, recommend. It's good. Yeah, um, good stuff. They have like snacks there. They do pop-ups. They don't have food there, but they've got some good beer. We got a couple shirts from there. The people were really friendly. I'm on their mailing list. Like, yeah. check it out. It's it's a good brewery. Yeah, it's a good place. And it's a place that started up, uh, like literally they were supposed to start when the pandemic started. So yeah. um, they're a very new brewery. And Esteban, also, he was going to start his restaurant when the when the right pandemic started yeah. so that's why he he partnered with them because they had a similar situation that happened so they were just trying yeah. to generate business for each other and i was like man that is so cool yeah two small businesses that have made it through the pandemic that are just partnering together and going hey man let's help each other yeah. out and and make a little money together very and, cool and great idea which i didn't even know that that brewery existed but i'd love to go back there it was a great place yeah for sure yeah i like that so uh, we're going to wrap our story there this week because we have we have extended our, our what's new and our story a little bit. So we're going to get into our entertainment. So- For those of you taking notes on the outline of the program. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we did mention last weekend that we were at my parents for my dad's birthday and yep. that we did the pay-per-view. We didn't really get to get into the pay-per-view. So I know Stephen wanted to talk a little bit about WWE this week. Yeah. So um, they had a match. Uh, it was called Extreme Rules. So all the matches are supposed to have, uh, you know, they're not supposed they're to be... going a, to the extremes. Yeah, they're not supposed to have a regular match. So one match is like a ladder match. One match is a we- weapons anything match. There was a, a you know, a, a strap match where two guys have a uh, 12-foot strap and they, they uh, uh, strap it to their wrist and they're strapped together. Uh, and then literally, you know, they have to... You know, they have to win the match, but they can't get away from each other. That's the whole point of the match. Uh, no no running away. Um, and it's a leather strap, too, so that means they can hit each other with it and stuff like that. It's pretty crazy to see somebody hit somebody with a strap and then see the welt start to form during the match. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, And that match in particular was between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, which was, man, those two guys are both over, like, 6'5". Yeah. They're big guys. Um, you know, Karrion Cross has got a ton of tattoos. One note is that he should go bald again. Karrion Cross, <laughs> if you're listening, shave the head. It's definitely it was it was more imposing. This is like your hair is like in a wind tunnel sometimes. Well, I mean, like the thing is, is when his hair's not in a match and it's styled for like a promo or whatever, I, I get jealous. I'm like, man, I wish I had hair like him. Like it's great looking hair, but if he goes bald, I'm like, ah, I don't want to look bald, so it's cool. Yeah, but he looks more menacing when he's bald too. Exactly. That's that's for sure. Um, but yeah, that match was cool. It ended interestingly enough. Uh, his wife is his uh, manager in which she used pepper spray to Drew McIntyre uh, because anything goes in their strap match, yeah. um, which was an interesting finish. Um, Ronda Rousey had a match in which she was against uh, the champion Liv Morgan in a an extreme rules match. So they could use tables, chairs, all kinds of anything they could find. They could use anything. Um, and seeing Rhonda get into the MMA ring is one thing because her matches were literally Instagram worthy where they lasted less than a minute and that's how they went. Um, her in the WWE is just an interesting thing to me because she's somebody that like Ken Shamrock back in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, moved from MMA, a sport that is extremely physical, extremely violent over to a, over to an entertainment. And it's, it's interesting to see her progression over the last 
course of matches that she's had. And then to see her get into a match where she said in a promo, she's like, I'm already the most dangerous woman in the world. What am I going to be with a baseball bat in my hand? And I was like, that's a great comment. Like as a viewer, I'm like, I'm interested now. What is she going to do? Um, and man, that was a great match. That was a great match. They used tables, chairs. It, it, I like Rhonda and I like Liv. Um, but I will say Liv Morgan, I like her. I follow her on social media. I think she's great, but I do not think she is where WWE is putting her yet. I just don't think she's there. You know, it's interesting. I don't think she's Ronda opponent level. Like they had Ronda, she, she beat Ronda in the last match and I was like, no. I don't buy it. And the thing is, is that Ronda won this title back. Yeah. And then they went the next night on Monday Night Raw and Liv Morgan attacked somebody in the back and put them through a table. And I was like, I love this. I don't know what they've done to her, but in my mind, they have catabolted her after, right, well, after having a match with Ronda. You made me look like a fool. I did now. a little bit. I did a and little bit. And that was rude because, <laughs> y'all, you don't know how many clips of things I have to see. How many times I have to sit on the couch while he fast forwards to a segment of this person or that person. I actually like Liv. He doesn't show me that segment. So now I say this and I look like a fool. Guess what, pal? I ain't no fool. You're the fool. Um, but yeah, they've done something. That, that match with Ronda catapulted her because she didn't tap out. She passed out, and that is a thing that that works in in the world of, of sports entertainment. You don't give up, but you get you get passed out. That's a that that makes you look good. It makes it makes you look tough. Um, the biggest match that I will talk about is Bray Wyatt. Not match, but the biggest return probably in the last. Man, it's going to be crazy because on a previous podcast I talked about CM Punk coming back and how big that was. Um, Bye, Felicia. This this CM was Punk is gone. Hopefully, this was insane. They had been given uh, clues for two months during the show. They would have somebody with a mic in their hand and a QR code on the on the mic facing the camera. They'd have somebody with a poster walk past the camera behind the people in the match through the crowd th- in front of the hard camera with a QR code. Um, they'd have the, the screen act like it fizzled out or ha- they had trouble and it would show a QR. Like they were doing all this innovative try to stuff to show this supposed quote white rabbit. Like, so and, then I had Jefferson airplane in my head the whole time. And one of the, <laughs> one of the links went to that song. Yep. One of the links went to somewhere in Europe where there's this, the world's largest white bunny that that's like some sort of statue that's mm. laying on the ground. Like it was all this stuff. Like who, who is this person? Who's coming back? I like the spooky stuff. I did not like the fiend, but I like that. Like the, the lights and the, the yeah. strobe lights and the spooky voice and like just that, that level of storytelling yeah. I enjoy in wrestling. And, and they did this thing where literally like the last match was what's called a fight pit. Um, and it was a big match and it was a main event. And after, after those guys left, um, the lights went black and then you can see everybody light up their cell phone lights. And, and like you and my dad and like Eric were all like on the edge of your seat. Like it what's was happening? Like, I think uh, my mom was sleeping. But. It was like, oh man, it's happening. It's happening. And then they started um, showing characters in the crowd. And they were characters that have been associated with a guy named Bray Wyatt, which was very cool that they had these people randomly put out throughout the the arena. And then they showed this door and this door's got these vines over it and you can see there's light coming through it. And uh, Bray Wyatt's a guy who he lost a uh, friend of his a couple years ago in wrestling, Brody Lee. 
who they were very, very close friends outside of the business. They were like best friends. And when he debuted in another company, he did something with a doorway and lights. And they mimicked that, which I thought was very cool. It was like a cool homage to Brody Lee. Um, but literally, that arena went insane when that door opened up. Oh, yeah. And Bray, and Bray comes out with a lantern, just like he originally showed up, you know, seven years ago for the very first time with a lantern. And he comes out and he stands in front of the camera with a lantern. And he leaned, leaned towards the camera to say two words. I'm here. And you couldn't hear it. You couldn't hear it at all. And those ca- I didn't know what he said. Those cameras have a directional mic on them that is literally he was less than a foot from that that mic is specifically set up to noise cancel everything around it except for what is directly coming I at it. I think he was even closer than that. And you couldn't hear him say, I'm here. The crowd was deafening. Yes. They, as my husband would say, they came unglued, y'all. It was, they were unglued. It was insane. Um, I've never seen a reaction like that. I've never seen a reaction like that. That was crazy. Yeah. And literally, it was just, as soon as the characters started showing up in the crowd, they got louder and louder and louder and louder. And it's like, this is a this is a crowd that sat in front of a three-hour pay-per-view. They're tired. Yeah. They've had their ups and downs in all these matches and stuff and cheering and all this kind of stuff. And then they get this. And yeah. it's like, they were ready. I think, you know... Overall, a couple of comments I have. One thing, he mentioned um, Scarlett, who is the manager and wife of Karen Cross. Cross. So I'm going to recommend to you guys to listen to the cover that Scarlett, Shotzi Blackheart, and Danny Alexo do of I Put a Spell on You. It's on YouTube. It's a super like witchy version. They're all like, you know, not maybe gothish, but witchy, sexy, kind of like cauldrony chicks doing the song. I loved it. I love stuff like that. Very like, um, like if you were seeing a burlesque type of thing. I got a, like a burlesque meets like hocus pocus vibe yeah, to it. Very cool. Um, it's on YouTube or it's on Twitter. It's on YouTube. Yeah. I'll post a link to it in ours, but it's I put a spell on you and they're all singing it. And it's really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I had no idea they could sing. Yeah. He sent it to me. He's like, I'm not sure what this is. I'm like, this is great. I love it. I love that like witchy, spooky Halloween stuff. Like I know that super pumpkin spice basic of me, but I don't care. I like what I like. <laughs> um, And I one thing I will say about WWE and there's an NXT pay-per-view coming up and we'll speak to this a bit more after that as well. But now that Vince McMahon is out and triple H is in it's next level. Yes. It is like when the company changes over into the son's or daughter's hands and the young new ideas that are craving change, that are fans themselves, that aren't so blinded by having been in power for so long that they're coming in and they're making moves and they're making changes and he's just making it better. Yeah. Like everything is just popping and hitting better and just it's now you're seeing things that as fans you're like I've been wanting to see this like we you need new ideas no matter what business you are, no matter what company you are. You have to be open to change. You have to bring in new voices. You have to let people do things. Vince basically, Triple H got shut out of everything when he had his heart attack. And Vince just did whatever he wanted. And that is when people stopped. People didn't like NXT as much. Yep. People didn't like Raw as much. Raw is a three-hour show. And if it sucks, 
I mean, that's a lot of time to waste. Yeah. And now that Triple H is in, like, it's more entertaining. He is definitely a great bridge between wrestling and entertainment. He has an eye for talent and he knows how to harness it. He knows what to do. He's brought back so many people that Vince let go during the pandemic that should never have been let go. And I'm sure he's upset about some of the losses he has to AEW that he's not going to get back. Yeah. You know, things that he created. But I think like if you were a wrestling fan and you've been falling out of it a little bit with the way not liking the direction things have been going. I would say give it, get back in and give it a try under Triple H because it's it's new, it's different. Yeah, and one of the things that's very cool, uh, last week on Raw, they had D-Generation X celebrate 25 years. And their celebration of 25 years, if Vince had been in charge, I can almost guarantee that they would have had a segment where they beat up some of the younger wrestlers. Yeah, and those guys with Triple H being one of Generation X, and all of them like we're like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're going to go out there. We're going to give the fans what they want. We're going to give them the nostalgia. We're going to say our catchphrases, and we're going to say goodnight. Like that's it. I will it. say too, Triple H is funny. Very. Vince was never funny. Vince, Vince wasn't like. Well, he was supposed to be the bad guy. He was at the same. Yes, he was. But even in different things, like Vince was always playing Vince. I think Triple H is Triple H. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's nice to see, especially in, you know, kayfabe, you know, that we see stuff. We, you can't just be your character anymore. We have to see genuine sincerity in who you are to allow us to watch your character. Yeah. And I think Triple H is like Triple H. And when you see him do things and you see him say things, it's genuine and sincere. Vince was from a different time. The yeah. The time for Vince McMahon had passed decades ago. A long time ago. And, you know, it's sad that the only way he got out is because of being a sexual predator. Yeah. Which is... He's under allegations for being a sexual predator. They haven't proved it. But yes, I, just protecting us. That's all. Fine, allegations. Fine. Allegations. Whatever. But nonetheless, like that's that's what it took. And that's just sad. Yeah. That's super sad commentary on the world that we live in. But nonetheless, I say give, you know, and, WWE a chance if you wavered in the last bit. And I would consider going to a show now, now that they're under a new regime. And I say that Yay. because I want to bring that to our, our last topic of entertainment, which is ticket prices uh, for things. Yeah. So this evening. Whew, uh, this evening, we're going to go see Clerks 3. We so talked about View Askew Universe, Kevin Smith movies last week. So we're going to go see Clerks 3. Had I known we were going to go see Clerks 3, which I had asked him about a couple months ago repeatedly if he wanted to go and was shocked that he didn't, I would have held off on the View Askew segment till after this. But last week, I got a last minute. Yeah, I want to go. We're going to go. Yeah. And I'm like, we could have had these tickets. Yeah. And we got we ended up getting tickets that were not available a while ago. So so, uh, so somebody uh, must have tried to sell their tickets and yes. Somebody's wife was like, I'm tired. It's Sunday night. We're yeah. not going. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because um Blink one eighty two came out this week, um, and got back together the three guys and they released the fact that they're gonna do a tour in two thousand twenty three, there's a new album coming, and then they released all their tick you know, a bunch of their sh- tickets for their shows. And I was looking at these tickets, and I literally at Little Caesars, Caesars Arena in Detroit, which I is could, our huge venue. Yeah, it's I mean it's a hockey basketball yeah. arena. Um, I could not find a ticket 
that was less than $270. This is like reminiscent of when Bruce Springsteen's tickets went on sale and everyone lost their minds because they were so outrageous I for nosebleed. Like, I, I don't, like, we wanted to go, I wanted to go see POD in a few weeks. It's three weeks away and tickets are thirty nine fifty. but then there's $13 a piece. 16 on StubHub. 16 on StubHub, $13 on Ticketmaster in fees. That is insane to me. Like, it is a lot. It and literally turns your ticket of being like two tickets together being eighty dollars into being a hundred and like hundred and forty. I think it was almost one hundred and forty. Yeah, and that I'm is like, insane. I can't just drop. I don't want to drop one hundred and forty dollars on all these shows. And like, what makes me mad is when the artists speak to it. Like Mark Hoppus spoke to it. Yeah, and I want to punch him. Like he's, it started with him like, yeah, I went through the process to buy tickets just like everybody else to see what the process was like. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then, you know, he talks about how his, his browser froze out and kicked him out a couple times and because of dynamic pricing. And then he's like, I don't control that. And then he didn't do, he doesn't talk about it. Maybe he is doing something behind the scenes, no. but he sure didn't say I mean, it. his comment was basically, yeah, I've heard the fans complain. I want to see what they're experiencing. And he's like, yeah, I experienced it too. All right, well, we don't control it, so enjoy the show. And it's like, who doesn't who does control it then? Because without the artists, there are no venues, there are no shows, there are no concerts. Yep. So if they they're not they are not taking their power back, probably because they're getting even more money from everything. So don't act altruistic like you're doing something for the fans. If you want to do something for the fans, take the power back and make it manageable to actually go to shows. Yeah. And not have to pay so much for everything. Like, that's ridiculous to me. Okay, so you experienced it too. And then what? Dynamic pricing is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. When we were trying to buy Luke Combs tickets, okay, they're $69.95. We get to check out and they're like, oh, dynamic pricing. These tickets are actually $99. Really? So they're ex that's actually $60 more on top of the fees that you're going to add. So our tickets that we thought would be like $150 turned out to be like $340. And we were like, we're not going. Yeah. Not it's going. ridiculous to me. I just, I think it's, I just think it's ridiculous. It makes me angry. We we bought tickets for Rage Against the Machine, and our tickets together didn't cost two hundred and seventy dollars. No, they cost two hundred ninety. So together, <laughs> but one ticket for Blink. Oh yeah, one ticket. Yeah, and that was in the nosebleed section. Yeah, which our tickets for Rage were literally they on were the side of the good seats. on the side of the stage, yeah. like. We, you know, like we the made first a level conscious up. decision to splurge. Yeah, um, An anxiety riddled conscious decision. Yeah, but at the same time, literally, the price of our tickets was twenty dollars more than one ticket for Blink in the nosebleeds, where you're going to see them walking around like ants on stage. Yep. Not, not including fees. Like it's it's insane to me. I I don't understand it. I know that I read something this week that a lot of uh that bands across the country when they go to a venue, it's generally uh. It's generally a given that they have to pay 10% of their merchandise sales to the venue. I got news for you. If I was in a band like Blink-182, I would literally do this. I would go. I would call Little Caesars Arena and I'd go, okay, we're not going to charge a high rate for us to come in. We're going to charge a lower rate. But you're not keeping any of our merchandise sales. Zero percent. You get zero percent of our merchandise sales. And here's what I'm going to do instead. Instead, I'm going to take 5% the first 5%, and I'm going to give that to a shelter, and I'm going to take the other 5% and give that to another shelter. But you're not getting that 10% for your venue 
when you guys are already selling tickets and you're going to upsell anyways, regardless of what we charge to come in there. I just think that the artists act like they have no power. They have all the power. And it's like, even just like when it goes to like political things, like we don't have much power, but we do have the power to vote. If you don't like something, at least vote, vote, make your voice heard. Yeah. We are the majority, not the government. And it's like the bands are the majority. And Not the, these venues. Why are they giving the venues all this power? At the end of the day, if you just want to keep all your money, then just be adults and say it. But don't act like you care about the plight of the fans who are struggling with all kinds of stuff in their daily life and they're supposed to fork over this money. And you know that show sold out. You know people are still buying tickets no matter what. People are buying tickets they can't afford. People are running up their credit card buying tickets. Yep. And it's just ridiculous. You know, and you talk about when they go to certain venues, they have to do certain things. All right, well, come down to Detroit then and talk to the city and rent out part of Woodward Avenue and throw out big concert. Because I'll tell you, I think that would be a little bit of a better situation. You'd have a little bit more control. Yeah. Or and who go, would hate that? Or go to Comerica Park and don't charge as much. Yeah. Get I don't a know. Bi- even bigger venue. Do it's what, just ridiculous. Do what Chris Stapleton did. Go to go to Comerica Park and you can you could sit in the stands and you'd be paying, you know, you know, 50, 50 like, bucks a ticket, but you can stand on the on the ground and you can pay, you know, a little bit more. And that's fine. It's like I'd love to go to everything. And even if it was priced right, I still wouldn't go to everything because I'm just not spending yeah. all that money on everything. So it's like some things have to go. Holidays are coming up. Like I don't want to be dropping almost two hundred dollars for tickets for everything. We still have another concert coming up in December and it's it's just ridiculous. I prefer the and I prefer the smaller venues anyway. I hate Little Caesars Arena. I am sorry. It's no better than like the Palace or Joe or anything like that. It, yeah. It's huge and I don't like it. And the thing is, is that we bought tickets for uh, Punch Brothers in December. We did not get hit with a ton of fees with those tickets. No. So smaller bands and smaller venues. That's it, what it, I prefer. It wasn't a Ticketmaster purchase yeah. either. So that's another thing that's, you know, yeah, and the, they emailed me the we tickets. We want to go see Amanda Shires, who we'll talk about on another episode because we're closing up on this one. But her, she's playing at the Ark in Ann Arbor. And her tickets are, I want to say, I don't know what it is, but it's you buy them through like U of M platform. And the I think the fees were like maybe five bucks a ticket. Yep. And I was like, awesome. So, okay, instead of 45, it's 50. That I can handle. Instead of 45, it's 70. That I draw a line at. Yeah, that's a problem. <sighs> Woo, buddy. Buddy. Sorry, guys. Um, I just but yeah, so ranted. We're going to see Clerks 3 tonight. Yes, so uh, we'll talk about that next week. Yep, and uh, that's not... We're we're seeing the movie, but also Kevin Smith does a and a afterwards. So that'll be cool. He'll probably yeah. introduce the movie as well and talk a little bit before. Um, I did this uh, with my buddy Jared, and uh, I think... Uh, I think my buddy Sean and I think Jordan went, maybe even Drew. A whole bunch of us went, probably Tony. Anyways, a bunch of us went to see Red State. No one knows them. <laughs> uh, they may be listening, though. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, we went to see Red State, which was a Kevin, State, uh, Kevin Smith movie uh, in Ann Arbor. And he talked a little bit before, then we watched the movie, and then he did a Q&A afterwards. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for a good time with this. Yeah, it's a Sunday night, but also at the same time, you know venues, they don't go past 11, so... Uh, we shouldn't Hopefully. be out too late. So, but yeah, it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it, and then we'll we'll talk about that movie and that experience next week, and that'll end our View Askew Universe talk for a little while because I don't know if he's gonna make another movie or a show or who knows. Yeah, we'll see. 
But uh, that, I believe, is all we can say this week. You can yeah. find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, if we can just say. All the Please hit that subscribe button. Hit the turn on your Please notifications. Please rate us. Give yeah. us feedback. Send us more messages like we've got. Like, that was great. Yeah. even Keep them coming. Even if you text us, that's cool. If you drop drop a line in our uh, messaging on any of the social media or, or on our posts that we put up. Um, you know, if you got uh, stories of your own of... of uh, uh, co- concert ticket buying experience that you want to drop yeah, into our definitely. thing uh, yeah we'd love to hear it so i believe that like i said i believe that's all we can say this week so uh bye y'all test test are you trying to kick me out of my own podcast you got a test you're a test oh boy great wonderful